Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. Last week, Chris shared his story with us, his conversion story, and really took us all the way up until seminary, I believe, when he met his wife. Oh, yeah, we went beyond that a little bit to talk about how he first assignment out of seminary, he was pastoring in Simpson. Is that right? Simpson, Louisiana? Did I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah. good memory, yeah. And then he went to Austin, Texas, and pastored at Texas Oaks Baptist Church, and then he came to Florida. Kicking and screaming, I think, was one of the last things you That's said right. in your testimony <laughs> last week. But I was, th- we were thrilled because we were already here in Jacksonville, and so we knew we'd get to see you guys more frequently with you guys over on the Gulf side in the Tampa area there. So why don't we just uh, pick up from there and just, if you want, whatever part of your story you want to share from, from Tampa, Florida to today, where you're in East Tennessee serving uh, a new church that you've started in my wife's hometown where my in-laws live. So yeah, just kind of give us a, a wrap up on that. Then we can kind of shift gears and, and talk about some of the things you're passionate about and uh, some of the things I think our, our listeners would really appreciate learning mm-hmm. with your experience, especially yeah. overseas. So. Well, honestly, some of what I share with the testimony, it, it really kind of just goes into the topic because it's just been uh, something that God's continued to teach me through all these different stops on our journey. Uh, you know, we, we did not want to go to Florida, but we knew without a doubt that God had a plan. And so we've, we've always shared with our family that we want to be right where God wants us to be. Uh, whether or not that's where we want to be, right. God knows that. And, mm-hmm. and he right. did. You know, we had a just an incredible blessing in Florida. We saw God just do things that still just amaze us. Uh, the way he worked, the way he moved, the impact he made on our family and, and a lot of people uh, and was discipled in some different areas. So we, we really saw the church turn around and God bless and it grew rapidly. Uh, and that was that was awesome to experience. But really. One of the things that really impacted me when I was when I was in Florida uh, was I was getting my doctorate, and uh, we were we were talking about men and their relationships and accountability, and and um, we were sitting at a table one day, and uh, we were talking about you know friendships, and uh, one of the guys said he goes, you know, to be real candid, I I just don't have any friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. But he said, uh, you know, if, if I had football tickets, I don't know who I'd call. And I was like, really? And it kind of shocked me because he had lived there like 30 years. And uh, But before he even got it out of his mouth, the next guy was like, oh, I'm the same one. And then they went around the table, and every one of those guys said, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. And it was, uh, it was an eye-opening experience that some of these guys had lived there their entire life. Some guys had moved in in the last three or four years. But every guy at that table talked about they did not have any really good friendships. Mm. Uh, and that just made me realize we are, we are doing something wrong in the church. Wow. And, uh, and I said, well, what, why, why do you think this is? <laughs> and the guy who started off, he goes, well, I can already, I've already thought this through. And uh, he goes, I can tell you exactly what it is for me. And I was like, well, please share. And he said, you know, I, I get up, I go to Sunday school, and then I go to church, 
And then, uh, and, then, and he says, I go home and I have lunch with my family. I may have a short nap or watch a little bit of football or something. But then I come back up at the church. I'm up here at four and we have discipleship training and then we've got church again. And then, you know, we have stuff at, after church. And, and he says, then I go home and he goes, I, I work. I get up at, you know, 6 a.m. I'm, I'm left the house by 7 a.m. I come home between 5 and 6 p.m. I do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, I do honeydews and try to get all the chores done that need to be done. And then Sunday, I'm back here. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't have time for friendships. I don't have time to build relationships. Right. And uh, that just hit me uh, like a freight train that that we are we, we are churching people, but people are not building authentic, deep relationships. Mm. And every one of these guys was living in isolation. And uh, so that that's something I started really working on and, and trying to develop and change uh, while I was there. And then uh, I got connected with Harvest Bible Chapel and their whole thing was small groups and doing life together and transparency. And uh, I was just eating it up and uh, mm-hmm. really took that understanding to the next level, really impacted me. And when I, when I moved to, uh, when I moved to the Frisco McKinney area to start a harvest, Harvest Bible Chapel, Dallas, mm-hmm. um, I, I started asking guys a question with that in mind. And whether I was at a, a gym or just talking with people, when I'd start talking with guys, I'd say, hey, I've I got a question for you. I said, it's 2 a.m., you have a flat tire. You can't call AA. You know, you, you have to, you have something that you need to help. You can't just call a company. And I was like, here's your two options. I said, do you call your wife, make her wake up the kids or leave the kids at home and come and get you at two in the morning? Or do you have a guy that you can call? And I would say the first 90 guys in a row all said, I'd wake my wife up. And I was like, even if you had small kids, he, and he's like, oh, yeah, we do have small kids. And, yeah, uh, I, I, there's no guy I would call it two in the morning. And uh, that really made me realize that we have an issue with a lot of times guys have acquaintances, but they really don't have uh, deep relationships. They can call them at two in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started building that culture of accountability and transparency and community. And uh, just loved it and uh, really uh, was impacted by that. But we, me and Lisa had, had surrendered to uh, go and do ministry overseas uh, and serve and, and minister in different ways overseas. And so we're like, if we're ever going to do this, we need to do it. So uh, long story short, God opened all the doors and uh, we were in Israel. And uh, Israel is all about community. Uh, Shabbat is set up, you know, turn off the phones, turn off the TV, turn off any distractions and have time, not just with God, but actually have time for your family, have time for friends and community. And, uh, they took it to the next level. Hmm. And, uh, I'll never forget. I, I asked two of my modern Orthodox friends, I said, uh, I, I've always asked this question in the, in the U S I said, I'm, I'm interested in asking you guys, um, I was like, it's two in the morning, gave him the whole rundown. And the guy looked at me and he goes, I have 12 guys I can call right now or at two in the morning. And if they're overseas, they'll fly home for me. Hmm. And, uh, and as I started talking with modern Orthodox guys, uh, that was pretty much always, 
always the answer. You know, I have between eight and 12 guys that I can call at two in the morning. And I knew it was true because I could have called those guys at two in the morning without batting an eye. And, uh, and so that I realized that while God has blessed the church in so many ways that we have lost how Jesus first did ministry in community. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm watching The Chosen right now, and, and, and one of the things that they said in one of the episodes is they were sitting around around the fire, and they were, they were, saying, they were telling stories, and, and one of the guys says, this is what we as Jewish people do. We tell our stories, and we build relationships. And that's really true. And uh, so we came to a passion that community was about— was really where the church needed to be. Well, we went from Israel to London, and we lived in London for five and a half years, and London is defined uh, as the loneliest city in the world. That's one of its claims to fame. And uh, what you'll find is the pubs used to be full, and that's where people did community. The churches used to be a place for community. People would go in their gardens and have community. Mm -hmm. But uh, that is gone. Uh, the pubs are basically empty. The churches are empty, and people get up, they go to work, they put their headphones on, they look mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. they get to work, they come home to shut the door, watch TV, and, mm-hmm. and rinse and repeat. Uh, there was such a lack of community, so I went from hyper community to no community, from relationships to the loneliest city in the world, and uh, as I looked at the churches and that there was such a lack of community and how they were dying, I just wept. Hmm. Um, and I, I realized some people say, if you want to see where the United States is at, is going to be in you know 15 years, go to London. Mm-hmm. Because they said, it. usually, if, if you look at where London is at, you'll see where the Northeast and the Northwest will be in 10 years. And if you see where the Northeast and Northwest are, you know, you'll know where the South is going to be five years later. Mm-hmm. So uh, I almost felt like I'd been to a time machine, so mm-hmm. to speak, if that was true. Right. Uh, it's like you got a glimpse the of church, the future of, of the yeah, United States. Right. Yeah. This, this is where the this is where the church is headed if if we don't start being very intentional and strategic. So. Uh, so, Chris, can so I interrupt you, know, you at this point? Yeah. One, I didn't realize you were in London that long. Did you say five and a half years? Yeah, we were there five years. In London. Uh-huh. Wow. The time flew by, didn't it? Um, so I was thinking you were there two or three years. It's just amazing. Uh, so now back, but you know, it's funny you said that. And my mind went to when you were talking about this aspect of community accountability, all these words you've been using to describe what, what you were seeing and, and knowing where we needed to be as believers, as the church, um, two things came to my mind. It's like the church has become institutional, and programmatic and even for lack of a better term our churches churches have become very much like businesses that provide services to consumers rather than what you're describing which is a community a family a body i want to say in, the, in probably anywhere between the, the last five to ten years this phrase I've heard used more around, you know, kind of Christian circles and the phrase is doing life together. 
Yeah. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I guess that, I mean, I really don't know what that means. I'm going to have to try to make up my own definition. Uh, that probably just means, you know, hanging out more or, you know, when somebody has a problem, you know, you ask them how you can help about or something. I don't know. But I, I, I remember the first couple times I heard it, I was like, I'd never heard those words before and I had to try to make up my own definition. But and I, and I heard you mention it too. I think when you mentioned it when, when with the Harvest Bible Chapel Network or whatever, that was one of the big things. So maybe you can speak to that either. What, what Brett's talking about here in terms of this idea of what does it mean for, com- for a church to prioritize community or this idea of doing life together, maybe it's the same thing, but maybe speak to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and and I think that's 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 what I begin to realize is uh, people were in churches and lonely, mm-hmm. and uh, many people were in the churches and and a lot of time and and whether it's their business that we have in the West that we're just very very busy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, I think can I point, can I interrupt you again? The, what you just yeah. said, a, a thought came to my mind. Can, can you see how easy that would be for someone? to be lonely and isolated and yet in church every week because oh, yeah. church has become, I think Neil Cole called it, a spectacle. You come, mm-hmm. you walk through the door, you sit down, and you watch the performance up on the stage mm-hmm. for an hour or hour and 15 minutes or whatever, right. and you can you can then leave and say, I'm active in a church. I right. I mean, I you really could. attend I att- a church. Right. right. I active attend in a church. A might church. Be different. Yeah. And, and when we're using these terms— and when when we have that model, it's completely missing what the New Testament describes as a vibrant living mm-hmm. organism that is interactive and connected. So, I, I yeah, you mentioned it. You you said you went to a church and you knew what brotherhood meant when because you could tell somebody yeah. a brother. And in some places, brother, we are called brothers in name only. It is the spiritual meaning of the word and mm. not the actual familial. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Well, no, and, and I, I think that, you know, what you said, you know, you go on Sunday morning, here's the thing. Uh, you can go to Sunday school and get there and, and, you know, there's a couple of minutes of prayer request and then there's, mm-hmm. you know, 50 minutes of teaching. Right. And then you leave that 50 minutes of Sunday school teaching and then you can go into a, a church service and there's music and, and you know, there's a, there's a minute or two to visit and then there's the teaching. Mm-hmm. And then you can go back even on Sunday night and do it again. And so we, we can literally be in a discipleship training class and have more teaching and we can have so much teaching. And, you know, obviously I believe in teaching the word of God, but mm-hmm. apart from relationships, we're missing mm-hmm. so much. And so, uh, you know, when, when we came back, the, the whole idea of community and Shabbat and doing life together was just vital to us. And, uh, we were allowed to come back and, and work with a, a church here in Tennessee and they were involved in with some Jewish ministry. And I got to be a part of a, a Jewish ministry here in Morristown. So that's what kind of God used to, to bring us here. And, and we're thankful for that. Um, but at some point we just realized that uh, we weren't going the same direction as the church. And uh, it's not saying they're a bad direction, but what I, what I was really passionate about is a discipleship and really making disciples, but I don't think discipleship means, you know, another one-hour class. Another class, right. The four spiritual laws. It really meant that we were spending time together, doing life together. And so discipleship and community, to me, had to walk in hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Discipleship, apart from community, is just 
training. So I really started praying about it. I, at some point, I just like, this is, this is what we need to do. And we just literally stepped out in faith. What I said is, I don't want to be a burden to the church. And, and this, was a, this was a big step for us. I said, I'm just going to actually go and, and get a job and do what most people in our churches are doing. So I'm going to get a, a job and I'm just going to do church uh, as a pastor, as a volunteer. And that, that was a big step. That took a lot of time to, one, say, all right, guys, this is what you want me to do. Honestly, there was also a pride issue because I'm like, our goal isn't to, to grow a church. And, and all the churches I've been at, I've been about, you know, let's grow it. Let's grow it to 200 and 400 and let's, let's just continue to mm-hmm. grow it. And it was the antithesis of that. It's let's, let's have a, a group and let's really just do life together in community. And then let the Lord add to our number as he sees fit into our small groups. And so we started house churches and we have three house churches going now mm-hmm. and we have a youth small group and they're going. And, and I had one guy say, I've, you know, when we had our first small group, he goes, I've been in church pretty much my whole life. I, it's only been 24 hours since we had our house church or small group. And he said, I just feel burdened to pray for people because mm-hmm. I feel like I know them and I know who they are. And it's just been 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I when I look at London, for me it's just it's a wake up call that if if we don't really start developing community, and if we don't start making disciples, our churches could look just as empty in fifteen years right. as London. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's that's just the journey as far as community that the Lord led us to do. We were blessed that uh, another uh, guy, another pastor actually said, you know, I, I believe in this same vision. And he joined us. And so God blessed. And we have a guy that can, can lead music and help with discipleship. And so it's it's been exciting. It's, it's a smaller group. For me, it's been exciting to go to church. And when my kids said, you know, we, we enjoy the people and there's, the people are happy and the people are excited to be there and it's mm-hmm. community, it's family. One of the things I also, I didn't want my kids to graduate from high school and just feel like church is, is something you do on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday nights. Cause when we were overseas, they, they had community mm-hmm. and they had discipleship and they were, you know, sometimes the only Christians in some of the areas we live, but there was a community aspect and, and so I, I realized they needed to see the church dealing with community and being in community. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's been a, a big journey, but it's been exciting. Well, Chris, how can um, people follow you if they want to keep up with your ministry there in Tennessee or, or if they live in that area and are, are curious about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, they can go to our, our church website. Uh, it's lakewaybiblechurch.org. Uh, and so uh, we, we've been blessed. We have quite a few people who are watching us, having lived, you know, in the Middle East and Europe. We have people kind of around the world watching us, which has been kind of exciting. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, so they can go to lakewaybiblechurch.org, uh, or uh, they can look me up on Facebook. Uh, just my name, Chris Keithley, and uh, we'd be glad to connect with people. Or if they want to talk about how do you develop community, how do you get mm-hmm. this started? Uh, I would I would love to talk with them and share with them because it's you know Brett you know as well as I do it's it's not rocket scientists but I think it does require a commitment 
to say, how are we going to make time for one another with mm-hmm. our, with our schedules of up early work all day, mm-hmm. you know, all the things on Saturday and then Sunday. Um, how do you start doing life in community? And uh, it does require some strategic planning yeah. and some commitment, some intentionality to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Intentionality is huge. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, brother, it's been great to have you. Rick, anything else you want to ask I was ask just going to say, Chris, thank you so much. I, I want to say maybe the, the big thing, of, at least for this episode, is just the idea of community for mm-hmm. our audience members who are listening in. Um, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think everybody agrees with, but I think everyone just assumes will happen. Hey, we all go to the same church. Of course, we're all one community. But I think if, if anything, you've kind of showed us here. It does take some intentionality. It does take some work. Showing up in the same building and being in the same room is not the same thing as being a community who's right. doing life together. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.